You're listening to the Her Product Lab podcast. We're a global community for women who build, design, and create. Our mission is to help elevate women in their product careers. To learn more about us, visit herproductlab.com. On today's episode, we have Abby Cohen, Senior Product Manager at Frame.io. Abby got her start in the music industry, creating opportunities for smaller businesses to work with Live Nation and finding unique ways to engage artist fans with brands. She went on to work at BuzzFeed during the rise of video and brought TC to profitability, generating $35 million in the first year and then scaled lifestyle brands like Nifty and Goodful to build what is now the largest revenue generator there. She joined Splash to build a new business unit where she shipped many revenue-driving products and ultimately led a redesign of the web design platform. And recently, Abby joined Frame.io to work on the next generation of products. On this episode, Abby will share several invaluable insights on how to brand yourself as a product manager. Abby, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. In the same week Abby Cohen was laid off due to COVID-19, she got 14 job interviews, more if you count the ones she has turned down, and received an offer just days later. And it wasn't pure luck. She shares with her product lab what it means to brand yourself and strategies she had implemented to land her next opportunity. Your brand is just getting to know yourself on a much deeper level and then just being that. Um, And especially as a PM, you're building brands all the time. So it's just kind of like looking at yourself like a product. So one thing that I like to tell people is to ask ask themselves three questions, not easy questions, but they're good places to start. The first is um, what fires you up? Like what, like, you know that feeling inside when you're just like, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, what is that thing? Um, Another thing is like, what does not make you feel awesome? Um, There are certain things that you're like, I just don't want to be doing this. Um, So what are those? And then being able to answer what is your one superpower? Um, Like mine, for example, is I can make things a thing. Um, And it's just something that's kind of like your value prop that you can bring to an organization. So once you have that answer is branding yourself is just putting this everywhere. It's even tactical things like, you know, the picture that you choose, like choose one picture and put that everywhere or writing a brand statement that really represents you as a person and being able to describe yourself. And it's actually being really intentional about how other people see you and then just owning that. Yes. Um, well, it wasn't that easy. So I will just tell you if anyone is going through this, I'm so sorry um, because it is it is hard. Um, but, and it's a shock, but um, it's a really defining point in your career. And it's really how you choose to handle these situations that, that defines like your next step. And so I would really encourage you to look at this as an opportunity. You know, I always like to say that the universe kind of like shakes you into where you're supposed to be. Um, so this was just a very like un- unpredicted poke. Um, so I would just start there and just take a minute to process it. I think that's really important. Um, but but then respond. Um, and so one of the things that, I mean, a few of the things that I did that I would really recommend to people, um, first and foremost, build a resume that's action-oriented and beautiful. I can't tell you how many resumes have gotten passed to me that are like five pages and look like they were done Microsoft Word. There are so many tools out there right now. Like I use Canva as one of mine. Um, it is drag and drop. It's very easy to use make sure that the resume that you build will stand out um, and make sure that the the job is, it's not a job description. You're not writing a job description, you're writing the impact that you had to an organization. So make sure that, that so the work that you did and, and the value you can bring to another organization really is reflected in your resume. Um, another thing is uh, resumes tend to actually just be something that people pass to each other. 
So what's really important is to write something that I did was um, I wrote a paragraph that I could just have anyone forward to anyone. Um, so I've done this before and it's I think it's actually one of the most effective ways to get a job is to write a paragraph that's structured sort of like um, this is who I am, this is my superpower or something I could like something valuable I can bring to an organization and this is what I'm looking for and be really specific. Don't don't be general because throwing paint against a wall doesn't actually help you. Like you want to be focused about this and then send that with your resume to literally anyone who can help you. Um, people really do want to help you, but they need help to help you. Um, so that's something I would do. And then I would also do your research, you know, you, you want to find a company that really aligns with your values so that you're successful and so you grow. Um, and it, it sucks to be in a place where you just don't feel very aligned with people. I mean, you don't want to work there. So upfront, do your research and really figure out what are the organizations that align with your values um, and then just go after those. Um, you know, it one, at one organization I was really, really interested in, it took me 11 people um, to get in touch with that, to get in touch with that organization. And I did because I reached out to 11 people to get me connected, but I didn't just say, connect me to anyone. I gave very specific instructions for people to help me. Um, and then lastly, I would say own your story. I mean, you want to focus the conversation on your value, not what's happened to you. Companies really care about who you are and what, what you can do for them. Um, they're not super focused on your history other than how that translates to how they you can help them now. Um, so really make sure that you're focused on your value and your skills and how that aligns with the Awesome. Um, so I really love this concept of crafting your story as a product manager. I have no idea how to do that and I don't know who to tell this story to. Um, so maybe you could just give us a few tips or really talk about what does it actually mean to craft your story? Yes, um, so I have always been a really big proponent of owning your story, but I will tell you it takes a lot of work and I think any of my friends can probably tell you that I talk about it at dinner all the time. So <laughs> it's something that's definitely on my mind a lot. Um, I've been really lucky that I was able to have a coach and she once told me to own my platform. And when she used that phrase, it actually helped me really take notice and like visualize myself standing on a platform and just really understanding like what are the things that I stand for and then making sure that those things are clear when I talk about myself. So it really is, a, it's sort of this like test and learn process that the only way that you get really good about talking about yourself is doing it. Um, you have to talk to a lot of people and you have to sort of gauge people's responses. So that's the one thing that I will preface is it's a practice. It's not something that you go right by yourself and then boom, you have your story. It does take a lot of time and practice. Um, I think one thing that is really common right now and especially with product managers is we all have very diverse backgrounds and sometimes that can be really hard to talk about. So I always describe my career as a squiggly line because people used to say, oh, you have a very diverse background. And I used to get really embarrassed by that because I didn't have this like straight path. And I will tell you now, I'm so proud um, that I was able to have such a diverse background because it it's, it's actually what's made me a really good product manager because I can pivot really quickly, I can learn fast, I can think big and small picture, and now it's a huge part of my story. So I'd really encourage you to think about the things that um, you want and then figure out what part of your path has really gotten you to this place. So I have some like tactical advice for people here. Um, 
I would really think about your audience first and foremost um, and, and figure out what is it that you want them to know about you. Um, and that's why I say own your story, because if you don't own it, people can come up with whatever they want to come up with, right? So um, the first is, who are you talking to? There, It's really easy to get a sense of the company, the person. Um, I've actually done things where when I get on calls with people, I actually go to their Instagram and Facebook and get a, like a vibe feel um, for them of just like, who is this person I'm talking to? What are their hobbies? Like, how can I connect with this person? And it helps me sort of um, figure out how I can twist my story in some ways to make sure that it, it fits alongside with um, what someone's looking for. Um, I'd also encourage you to really think about this as a journey. Think about when you watch a movie and um, you, you know, you're like connecting with a character. You see them on this journey of this rise and this fall and these moments of pride and these moments of failure. You know, you want someone to connect to you as you would connect to a character in a movie. So don't think about this like a bullet point list. This is your journey. And I would really represent it like that. Um, and then make sure you're 100% real. Uh, I think this is something that if I were gonna hone in on a lot, I would say don't lie <laughs> um, because people can see through it and you also don't wanna be in a place where you don't you know, resonate with the people, you don't resonate with the value. So make sure that you're being really, really true to you. And I would say, especially for product managers, this is so important because there's so many different types of product managers. Like for example, I always say I'm on the design UX side of the spectrum where there's you know a lot people who are more way more technical and like more technical architecture type product management I am not one of those people and I'm very upfront about that um, and it really helps me helped me find a place that that I fit in really well that's really great advice and I think um, having that kind of story really can follow you through everywhere right from your resume and LinkedIn and your interviews to also when you are speaking in front of teams or exactly. stakeholders. Um, so it's really important to have that story in place and, and feel confident in that story. Uh, so speaking of, um, let's talk about LinkedIn a little bit because just like you mentioned, product manager can mean something very different depending on your background, what company you work for, what role you have, um, and especially by industry as well. So, um, so how do you really um, refine your LinkedIn so people understand exactly who you are and the right opportunities come to you? Yeah, so think of LinkedIn like a medium to tell your story. Um, and so that's kind of one of the things that I like to always tell people as soon as um, they start on their LinkedIn or refine their LinkedIn, it's just a vehicle to represent what you wanna represent, right? So the first thing is just keep it short and sweet. People are not reading three paragraphs of you about you. They are reading one sentence. And so find a way to really represent yourself very quickly. Um, and the best way to do that is by using very impact driven words like, you know, drove this much revenue or built this, like something that represents like what you actually did. Um, another thing is it's a place for free referrals, right? So you should talk to your coworkers and ask you for ask them for help. One of my um, former coworkers, she wrote this unbelievable referral about me that basically made me cry, actually. Um, but it's really interesting to to have you know that perspective, not just talking about yourself, but how other people view you very publicly. Um, another thing here is, and this is this is again using that LinkedIn as a vehicle is to use your brand statement in LinkedIn. You know, wherever wherever someone asks you about me, it should essentially be the same thing. Um, 
so mine I think is like effective change change agent is like my um, my like title there. So that's something that just to think about like how do you want someone to like quickly know who you are. Um, another thing to do is make your personality shine through. You know, I chose a picture, and I think you guys even saw the same picture when you were when you are RSVP to this event. I use the same picture everywhere. It's something that I believe represents who I want to be portrayed as. So um, I use that on my LinkedIn and everywhere else. Um, and then for my cover photo, I actually have something. I think it's like plants because it's one of my hobbies, and I want my personality to shine through because I am a human. And I think there's a way to use that thing. <laughs> That's, that's great. Um, so one of the things I was thinking about in terms of branding, so for example, when we look for presenters for her product lab, one of the ways we do that is seeing who's out there. They're either being interviewed for product um, podcasts, they're contributing content for Medium or LinkedIn, um, or they're giving talks like you are right now at, at other events. And that's how I know they're already comfortable being a presenter and they have some kind of expertise. So I'd love to get your take on using these avenues as a way to brand yourself in the industry um, and any tips you might have. Sure, so um, I will say that one of my biggest pieces of advice here is to make sure that you're aligning with organizations that you believe in. I am um, very passionate about women in tech and women's career growth. Um, I always have been, even when I wasn't in product. And so for me, her product lab was a very clear alignment. Um, I'm not someone who writes a bunch of Medium articles and just finds any like product organization to align with. I'm very intentional about it and I would encourage you to do the same because along the same lines of um, building your brand, if you're aligned with an organization that you don't necessarily want to represent or, or you represented, um, it won't it won't feel authentic it won't feel natural and so I think that's that's an, um, some advice I have there is just make sure that you're looking for organizations that you feel very comfortable aligned with um, in terms of things like you know articles on medium things like that I'm actually not someone who writes a lot um, I, I believe really strongly in relationships and so if I were to give advice on this subject um, my personal perspective is actually building relationships is more important than writing medium articles. Um, not to say that one's better than the other, but um, I just have, I've found that a lot more of my growth, a lot more of my, um, my like career has come from, development has come from relationships as opposed to branding myself through like LinkedIn articles and medium articles and things like that. That's great. Um, so really the theme I've been hearing so far is be authentic through and through. <laughs> um, I love so I really, it <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I really love this next question that was submitted. Um, so now that you started a new job at a new company, how do you brand yourself there? And um, especially now that we're working remotely. Yes, I actually think my boss down here, so we'll see if he, if he agrees, but um, I would say that you just have to be yourself from the start. I mean, Zoom makes it very hard to like, read the room. Um, so, you know, like a lot of people, you get into a new job and you're just kind of observing, um, but especially as product people, we kind of have to just jump in there, so you don't have a lot of time to do that. But I would say, you know, the biggest thing here is just to be yourself. It's 
it's so clear when you're not being yourself and the quicker the quicker you can start building relationships with the people that you have to work with um the the more effective you're going to be uh so i i guess like my only advice here is just walk in like you're at a dinner party with your friends like just be who you are like let your personality shine through um run meetings like you're with some small talk in the beginning find your thing um one thing that i do that um i like to do especially over zoom is i actually ask everyone to go around the room and say their the, the emoji that represents them today um <laughs> it's just a tool that i've used um to run meetings especially with people who don't really like to talk um because it just gets everyone speaking before the move the, the meeting starts um you get a gauge for the room you see how people are feeling it's something that i have just like found to be a really good connection point um to to really kick off the meeting on a good note i love that can we try that right now we can but people are in this meeting people want to put in the chat box what mood they're in right now yeah everyone can put it in the zoom chat mine's the sparkle today i'll just start oh. So going off of that, um you know, we talked a lot about branding yourself in terms of finding your next opportunity, but a lot of people are happy in their current roles, they're not looking to leave. Um how might branding yourself in the industry still help you at your own company? Yeah, I think it's really valuable for your company um to encourage this. Um and I think that's that's I mean, my company is very encouraging of it now. I think there's some people from Premio on here. Um and I I think that if you if you if you kind of position yourself as this is who I am and I'm representing my company it's really valuable for both of you um so I think that it's important to you know do things like this really speak about um you know career development as a product manager do things like going to conferences like branding yourself in the industry doesn't have to be a Q&A session it can be just going to a conference or going to events um and things like that. So, I think that it's just really important always to be um out there and meeting people and it's it's something that that both your company and you should be really um supportive of. Uh, this is a really important question because I know a lot of people in our community are not in product but they would like to pivot. Um so when it comes to branding or standing out in product without actually having a product title, um what can they do to stand out? So this is actually my favorite question um because I am a very strong proponent in um not getting into product in a traditional way because I think it gives you a perspective that not everyone has. Um so I would say do a lot, learn a lot and fail a lot. These are my like product principles of being a product manager, I guess you can say. Um so I remember one time one time I was my mentor told me he said you need to fail really hard which i thought was such a weird thing to say to me but he was right and i did and i learned the most from that um and so i think taking risks is really important as a product manager no matter what job you're in and you're in before being a pm it's so important to take risks and learn um because you learn you learn so much about how to come back from things you learn about what makes things fail um So I think like trying to put yourself in situations where it's okay to fail is really really important. Um another thing is learn about the human brain. This is I I learned so much about psychology that has helped me today. 
um, meditation, things like that, that really help you understand like how the human brain works is actually the best lesson for UX. Um, looking at like how people interact with physical machines like ATM and like, you know, like things like that, that's how you really start to understand how the human brain works. Um, so I think that's really important as for being a product manager and um, operational roles. So if you're if you're like looking to get into product, I would say operations is something I always tell people. It's something that when people are picking off their career, I always say get right into an operations role because what it does is it really teaches you system relationships. Um, I was in an operations role like pretty early in my career and I, I remember like I started to learn impact of decisions and how when you make a decision over here, what that does to the rest of the organization. And if you think about that from a product perspective, you really start to see like the impact of doing something over here and what that does to the rest of the product. And so if you can really train yourself into being like a systems thinker, I think that's going to make you a really good product manager. That's great. Um, so I'll just share a story about Abby that I thought was really awesome. I don't know if it was the day that you got let go or the next day or what it was, but um, Abby reached out to me and said, hey, do you ever post job seekers in your newsletter? And I thought that was such a creative way to ask for help from a network. Um, just saying, here's Abby, here's her skill set. She's looking for her next opportunity. Um, so I'd love to just kind of uh, hear your thoughts on creative ways to tap into different networks and different communities like ours for help. Yeah, so again, this is another one of those things that I, I think you should make sure it aligns with you. Um, so there's a lot of work to be done there first, but um, you know, I think that this is another one of those things that isn't a, you can do right away. It's something that takes time. Um, I am a very big believer in community and just building networks and things like that. So I've been doing this for years and years and years, and I'm part of um, a, a bunch of organizations in New York that have global networks. I go on trips with certain communities. So there's a lot that I've built up over the years. Um, but I do think that um, there are ways to leverage those in really creative ways. So, you know, you obviously talked to one of them. Um, I've, I was in a lot of Slack channels. So a lot of those product organizations and like um, tech ladies, ladies get paid, things like that. They all have Slack channels. And so I posted in a lot of the Slack channels. I actually got a few um, interviews from that. Um, I am part of a network that is not just product. It's like a lot of different um, communities. It's like a lot of co-founders and things like that. And I actually asked um, the co-founders to post in their networks um, because co-founders um, are the ones hiring. So I asked like a lot of um, executives to post on behalf of me in their networks. Um, and so that actually came a lot. And then actually the thing that um, is one of the most valuable is um, using investor groups. Um, so asking if you can be um, put into investor group network talent profiles. Um, so like Lair Hippo does one where they have like a talent, um, it's like a talent hub and you can submit your resume and then a lot of their, the, the, um, the companies in their portfolio will, will look into that um, talent portfolio. So there's a lot of different ways that you can go with this, um, but I would actively encourage you all to start building these relationships within the communities first, um, because it's a little hard to just come in if you're not really already in them. So start by finding the ones that I think um, that you think will really resonate with you, and then um, it's, it'll be a good place for you to go. 
By the way, I should mention that Abby had 14 job interviews in, was it one week? It was a week and a half. Yeah. <laughs> a week and a half. And those were 14 that she took. There were others that she just realized were not for her. Um, so that is incredible. <laughs> um, I love this question that came in. Uh, your thoughts on product management certification. Is it necessary? Um, and is there some kind of perception that one program might be better than the other? Like you went to like the Yale of product school or like, you know, whatever it is. Um, any thoughts on that? Well, I think you've probably all gotten from me at this point that I'm not really a traditional product manager in that sense. Um, so I've actually, I never took a course. Um, like I said, someone handed me an, a very outdated Ben Horowitz article and said, read this. Um, so I, there's a few things that I do that I would definitely recommend or did um, and still actively do. One, of the, one thing I want to mention is that you're never done learning. No one's the best product manager in the world. Everyone is a developing product manager. So I think it's important that you're always just going to be learning there. Um, but I never, so I never took really one of those courses. What I would say is that if you're going to take a course, you should take a course in something that a product manager would need to do. Like SQL is a really good one or something that um, like a pro project management might be helpful. Something that you know you need to have that skill. Um, but a general product manager course, I think it's just one of those things that it's so different everywhere that it's a little hard to take a course on. Um, so for books though, I would say like read a lot. Um, my favorite two books are The Art of Not Giving a Fuck and The Originals. Um, they both have given me like such a good perspective. One was much more of a psychology book um, and The Originals was a little bit more of like how problems can be solved in different ways. Um, and I, I think I would highly recommend that to anyone, um, even if you're not looking to get in the product. Um, I think a lot of it too is learning about frameworks. So I, I love the Sprint book, the Google Sprint book, because really what it is, is it, it gives you frameworks to be able to raise data in the way that you need to do it. Um, and so, you know, you can really adapt that in any way to solve problems, which I love. And I think, I mean, it's a good, like one of the good points I wanted to make here is that um, I had another mentor who told me that the best, the best way to lead a team is to come up with a framework that raises the data um, so that the decision gets made that way. So you're not really the one inflicting it. Um, and especially as a product manager, I'm sure a lot of you experience this a lot is that we can't, we have to lead through influence. We don't, we don't really manage anything. Um, and so finding ways for other people to come up with ideas in a time boxed way <laughs> is a really, is a really um, good way to, you know, develop your skills as a product manager. So finding things like that, frameworks, books, um, how to develop your skills, I think is a better investment um, of your time to become a product manager. Awesome. I see we have some questions coming in. I just want to quickly say that The Art of Not Giving a Fuck was one of the best books I've ever read. It's very yeah. life-changing. Um, and funny enough, I bought it for my mom just based on the title alone because she just cares about everything. You know, <laughs> I was like, you need to read this. And she said, I'm not going to read that because there's profanity on the cover and it's like, fine, I'll, I'll read it. And uh, it, it was not what I thought it was going to be. And it's, it's really um, it's a very useful book for just about everybody. Yeah, I think so too. Um, so Kara asks, where do you find mentors, especially if you're mid-career switching versus fresh out of undergrad? 
That's a great question. I think everyone struggles with this, including myself. Um, in the beginning of your career, it's so easy to say like, train me. Um, but when you get to a mid-career, you have to really be specific about who you're looking for. Um, I would say that where I find, where you used to find one or two, I now have like hundreds of mentors, I feel like. Um, and they're all for different things. I mean, my mentors can be my friends in a lot of ways. Um, they can be executives, they can be your coworkers. They, they can really come from anywhere. Um, but I would say that you're gonna have a handful of mentors that are gonna teach you a lot of different things. Um, like one of the things I always said was my former CEO was my mentor for storytelling. He's just such a, such a good storyteller. And so it's like, it's finding people who, um, who are really good at what they do. And if that's something that you wanna learn, it's focusing on that. So I think they can really come from anywhere as long as you're really intentional about what you're looking for. That's great advice. Um, all right, so I have one more question. If anyone else has questions, feel free to ask them at them now. Um, this question also came from an attendee. Um, what would you say made you an attractive candidate to hiring managers and helped you stand out over other applicants? Um, so I think that it was a mix between doing research um, for the to the company about the companies, um, it's it was being a storyteller and um, personality and really having that shine through. Um, so for the first one for research, I think that um, it's really important to, like I said before, be really intentional about the companies that you're um, that you're applying to. And I was, I think I read almost every blog that um, the company that I'm at wrote before I did the interview process because I really wanted to gain an understanding of their voice and um, you know things they care about. And you can't do that for 60 companies or even 20. Um, so it, it, you, you stand out when you, when you know them. Um, and it, it is not that hard to get to know someone right now, especially with everything that's published online. Um, Second to that, I would say just being a good storyteller. You know, we talked about this before, but crafting your story and knowing your audience and making sure that um, what you're saying is valuable to the people that you're talking to. Um, and then just having a personality. I mean, you're on Zoom and you're in a pandemic. Like we, we just have to have some fun. And I, I feel like, you know, I, I spend a few minutes talking to them about who they were as people. Um, and I think it's just important to just be human because you're gonna have to work with these people every day. Thank you for listening to this episode of Her Product Lab with Abby Cohen. You can find her on LinkedIn. For more on our community, visit us at herproductlab.com.